my god, are you drunk? Nobody, my wife, coach. You're what? Oh, oh, oh my gosh, oh, are you okay? I didn't I'm gonna have to. a bruise! It's picture day! It's not, don't overreact. <laughs> I can clean up. I want the police to take me! What's up, you guys? How's it going? It fucking... It sounds so... Fake and weird when I try and sound happy. Like, hey! Hey, everybody! How's it going? My name's Unk. You know, but enough about me. How are all you out there? I don't know. If I, It's funny, because... <laughs> I don't know, I've experienced this in the past, but... <clears throat> Anytime I've been around people and I've come off as being too happy, like overly happy about whatever the fuck, that is what, you know, I've been known to be referred to as majorly sus, which stands for suspect for those who aren't, you know, hip to the lingo and all. It's heavily sus when you're too happy. And then people will be like, oh, dude, that guy relapsed. He's high as fuck right now. No one is ever this happy. So I got to just tone it down. I don't want people to get ideas. But anyway, what's, <laughs> Jesus. what's up, you guys? It is I, Unk. I've returned once again. And here's an episode of, I don't know, whatever the fuck this is. I guess it's, it's a podcast, right? So let's <laughs> as Philip DeFranco usually says, let's just jump right into it. Um... There's a few things I want to, you know, cover or bring up for this little quick intro. And then I want to quickly just segue you all to um, the story that was recorded. I don't know. First thing is first. uh, What I want you all to know is a few things. First of all, I've been insanely busy and it's very ironic that I'm this fucking busy because I'm literally the fattest I've ever been um, in my entire life. Like, uh, literally, I sat on the on this fucking scale. I don't even remember or saw a number because all I saw on the screen, at least what I interpreted on the screen was, oh, really, this number that I'm displaying doesn't matter because all you really need to know is unk. You're the fattest you've ever been in your life. You're, you're, you're getting fat, okay? And this, I I don't know, it's a, it was a weird transition, and weird experience for me because I've lived my whole life having this magical metabolism where I eat whatever the fuck I want and nothing happens to me. I'm unaffected by my diet and lack of exercise and, you know, poor, you know, decisions in what I put in my body. It finally is starting to affect me, and now I'm seeing the fucking horrible, <laughs> horrible road I've set up for myself. Um, but anyway, I'm super fucking busy. I have 
a couple of side hustles I've been working on. I've been uh, fixing and re taking apart rebuilding and working on um, computers to make money. I've been doing like professional photography for artists who need professional photos for social media. I've been making money doing that. And a lot of my shit, like my free time has been on music production and learning how to be a better sound engineer. So, in thing I want to get across because I can talk about gear and all this shit forever. I don't want to bore you with that. I'm just wanting anyone listening to know I'm or I have been taking steps in improving, I don't know, the format or the episodes of this podcast and just to try and take more time into making the episodes flow and sound better and make your listening experience just more enjoyable. Another thing is, you know, it may, like I said, it may take, you know, two, three weeks to do an episode, but I feel like they come out better because of it. So please understand, I don't feel like rushing episodes is just a great thing to do right now. It causes, I don't know, like content creation burnout's a real thing. And honestly, I can really like sincerely say that the method or the way and the manner in which I'm creating, I don't know, content, as you could call it, it's the most satisfying and the most fun the way I'm currently going about doing it right now. And if anyone out there who has had a YouTube channel or a fucking podcast or, or any kind of um, content on a platform that they, they give out on the internet for people to consume. They know there is a side of the pro creative process that it can be very draining. But with that, I just really don't need to get any further into that kind of aspect. Because most of you are just here to listen to crazy fucking stories. The only other thing I want to say is this uh, story is, is fairly fucking crazy. And... I just want to instill and reaffirm the message I always try to uh, give out, which is I don't condone the actions, a.k.a. the mistakes I made um, during the time that the, these events took place. And, you know, uh, I don't want people to think I'm glamorizing this sh shit or horrible mistakes. I learned from my actions and repercussions thereof. With that said, holy fuck, it's only been about five, six, let's just hit seven minutes. It's the shortest intro I've ever done. I'm pretty proud of myself for keeping my ADD in check long enough to not go on some fucking insane rabbit hole side story like I usually do. But with that... I just want to say, I love the fucking goddamn shit out of you all, everyone, goddamn it. Thank you everyone for the feedback, um, and with that, I'm out. So, like always, peace, love, and all the above. So to tell this story, we have to take a dive 
all the way back to the year 1999. Potential Y2K computer crashes top the list. The fall of Woodstock 99. The investigation into the high school massacre. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. So back then I was, you know, just starting my second year at um, kind of this, my newer high school. It, it was uh, Rogue Grande High School or AGHS. I did seventh and eighth grade at middle school, which was Paulding Middle School or um, PMS as it was abbreviated to. But when you, uh, back then middle school was just seventh and eighth grade and then 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade is high school years, um, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. So 1999, I'm a sophomore in high school, just starting that year out. Um, you know, I was really getting into, I don't know, getting into skateboarding, getting into punk rock music. I was doing, I was playing guitar in this crust punk, like death metal band called Homicidal Deviation. That went nowhere, um, and all my other friends in high school were in bands, you know, uh, a bunch of my friends were in the, the band The Dead Alive, and, um, you know, the drunk punks played, like, one epic show, I think, and then just disappeared into existence, and then drunk punks became like a crust punk gang of some sort and I would see the the drunk punk logo spray painted on alleyways everywhere it was kind of bizarre and um you know we all looked up to like one of the first bands that came before us that they were you know like four years older than us and my older sister um, was friends with all of them and we we looked up to them. They were, uh, COCW or the coked out crack whores, epic band. And we all aspired to be like as hardcore as them or whatever. Um, and unfortunately I can't find any of the old recordings from any of my band or my friend's bands. I know they exist in a boxes in my garage somewhere. And, uh, Hopefully one day I'll get those cassette tapes out and um, play them for you. I know COCW had recordings up on MySpace and I had recordings and mixtapes on MySpace and you can't access or play them. So fuck you, MySpace. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I'm just this weird skater punk kid. I'm like a diplomat and I'm roaming through these different tribes, but I'm just getting into weed and acquiring weed in my sophomore year is, you know, kind of hard. I mean, I'm just getting into weed let alone like dealing with buying on the black market and stuff. So acquiring drugs at such a young age, this is like my first step into deviancy and, you know, rambunctiousness, I guess, you know, nefarious acts, you know, um, you know, trying to get beer, alcohol and and being, having it be really hard, but drugs I can acquire a little bit easier. You know, I would like do, I would do stupid teenager shit like find beer in the garage and sneak four beers and fucking out of the garage and I don't know I'd like skateboard down to the the Arroyo Grande Creek in the village which is like this creek in the village is like a hangout spot 
for all the punk rock kids and we'd like ask older kids there to buy us cigarettes and drink two beers and think we were just like so edgy. (laughs) And so, um, it was a lot of that. And then, you know, adding water to bottles of vodka that in I'd find in the house or adding water to any bottle of any alcohol for that matter, you know, whiskey and whatnot. So I was just getting into experimenting with alcohol and puking on myself, trying to buy weed. I remember one time I bought like an ounce of the, the, the worst tasting, worst burning swag bud ever for like $60 in it. I bought it at high school. Someone, my friend smuggled an ounce of weed on the high school and I bought it for 60 bucks. He he got it off his brother who was like selling weed, had all the seeds and stems in it. It was like the worst weed ever. And I'd have to like tape it up because back then, I mean, it's 1999. Um, The Columbine school shooting happened that year. So nationwide everyone's freaking out i know my high school royal grande high school we housed about three thousand students it's a, it's a huge high school all the it's like all the middle schools around locally are combined when they everyone graduates all the all those middle schools when they graduate it's all get siphoned into this high school so it's huge three thousand kids so each social circle too is huge. There's a huge punk group. There's a huge preppy group and there's a huge nerd group, you know, huge, you know, preppy Valley girl group and a really huge like cowboy redneck group because it's real grande. And there's a big scene of people who live in the country and work on farms. So there's like all these people coming in on their lifted trucks covered in mud and their fucking wranglers and their cowboy hats. Shit is fucking weird. And so Columbine just happened and our high school like react to that event by hiring campus security to patrol the area and make sure the students are safe. And they're really, they're pretty much just referred to as campus cops, campus police. And it's basically police patrolling, um, on campus, on the high school, along as the schools open, you know, for hours of classroom operation or whatever. So we would see cops patrolling the school always, all the time. So I'd always be paranoid about that. And they'd also, they'd bring, of course, their drug sniffing dogs. And they would, um, they would conduct these like random searches of the classroom. So, you know, 3000 kids, there's a lot of classrooms. These cops would go to random handpicked classrooms, make all the students empty out of the classroom, leave their backpacks and, and shit. And then the teacher would let them guide the drug sniffing dog through the classroom and sniff everyone's backpacks and uh, sniff for drugs. And then he would walk by us and sniff us. And then um, if they found, if they, the dog picked up on anything, they would um, separate the student and interrogate the shit out of him and search him. And, you know, there was quite a few dozen times that that was successful and they caught people with drugs uh, at school. So, cause people would run off and smoke weed under the bleachers and all that shit happens in every high school. There's all kinds of little weed smoking areas off campus, on campus, 
I sound like a boomer, but this is back, you know, before there was medicinal or um, recreational legislation. So you had to know a guy and get shit legally. It was, it sounds so primitive and ancient, I know. But um, so anyway, I bought this ounce this one time and I'm fucking paranoid because plenty of times that dog and couple handful of officers came into my classroom and I got sniffed out. Luckily, those times I'd never had um, drugs on me, but the times and days I've had to buy, had to purchase weed, I'd be on campus sweating fucking bullets, like, like all the way down my body and into my ass crack. I just rainforest to sweat because I'm paranoid as fuck. Because if I get caught by this drug sniffing dog, not only am I in trouble with my parents, because I've never been in trouble like that before. At this time, I'm only a sophomore and just getting into weed, but I'm also in trouble with the law. I don't the last thing I need or know have any experience with at that point in my life. Fortunately, I would take that ounce home and plenty of other ounces and smoke weed privately in my room at 12 o'clock at night and listen to fucking God knows what. But, um, you know, like just shit music that you'd listen to in the 90s. God, there were some cool music but there's some fucking awful music too I listen to some horrible shit and um basically the scenario for this story is yeah I'm a sophomore I'm at this particular night I'm hanging out or I'm about to hang out with my best friend my best friend Pat he got me stoned for the first time we got drunk for the first time together like my high school come up but I knew him since grade school like we rolled with all the deviant burnout crews or crews that would later turn into burnouts. I don't know. So, um, I'm with him. I'm with my buddy, Josh. <clears throat> I never told a story about this guy in particular. He is, especially at the time, he is like the crustiest crust punk. I know, you know, his leather jacket is dirty. He's got holes in it and there's fucking spikes and studs all over shit and back patches of, you know, the skulls of misfits and casualties bands and just crazy. He's got this fucking insane, like purple mo or no, it was red. It was bright red Mohawk and the rest of his head just completely shaved. Like as you know, as far down as you can go, he's just crazy punk rock dude. And he, he's, he's, in, he's into Gigi Allen, which is a, a musician. If you're not familiar, he was known for, shitting all over himself on stage and rubbing shit all over his chest and face and eating his own shit on stage. And God, what else would he do? He'd like slice his body all over, get in fights with everyone in the crowd, sexually assault people. And the fucking, um, I don't know, the fucking concert was known for just anything and everything. He was, he was supposed to kill himself on stage. Stage, he didn't end up overdosing on his heroin that night. He's a crazy motherfucker. So my friend Josh is into that kind of shit, <laughs> to say the least. He's into some crusty ass crust punk. And he got me into a lot of into a lot of cool bands. Gigi Allen wasn't one of them though. But um I'm with Josh. And lastly, I'm about to hang out with my friend Joaquin. Um inter- you know, unique name. It's spelled what is it? J-O-A-Q-U-I-N, kind of like Joaquin. Now, Joaquin is from Nipomo. Nipomo is like south of AG, 
And, you know, his brother is kind of, I don't know if he was into gangbang or stuff. Joaquin is obviously Hispanic. He's crazy. I thought he had this rambunctious, not give a fuck attitude, you know, because he'd always like talk shit to people and start shit if he felt disrespected. And he was like, oh, man, he stands up and doesn't give a fuck. He'll throw down. And he was he would get drunk and fight a lot. I came later to realize Joaquin was really just bipolar as fuck. (laughs) He really just like saw red and couldn't turn that shit off. And, uh, you know, when people or when authority figures kind of crack down on, uh, on him, like they would all of us for getting drunk underage and trying to do drugs and stuff. He'd really put up a fight. He would, he, God, he has fucking crazy stories of running from the cops, escaping from fucking mental hospitals. And I remember this one time, uh, Joaquin had gotten drunk, uh, and it was very late at night and, um, he was super drunk by himself. He was blackout fucking drunk and he broke into the fuck the goddamn subway in Napomo. He smashed the fucking window door of the subway and this fuckhead was so drunk and blacked out. He smashes the door of the subway and he breaks in and he, he his drunk ass starts making a sandwich. He doesn't go for like I guess money. I don't even think they keep money in the register after they close, but he fucking uh, yeah, he smashed the window, broke in the subway, and he he got food supplies together, and he sat down, made a sandwich, sat down at the table, and he fucking ate it. And um, needless to say, the the police showed up and arrived to the scene with his drunk ass inside making the sandwich he or eating a sandwich he made, and uh, he got in trouble for that, nonetheless. But. Uh, You know, just to showcase what kind of antics my friend gets into at, you know, on just a high school level, sophomore year. (laughs) Anyway, I got to find that guy. He's fucking crazy. (laughs) But anyway, I thought he was just he liked to get drunk and get wild. But no, he was bipolar as fuck. And at the time, currently at at this particular time, Joaquin had a broken fucking leg like he had broken his leg bad as fuck, trying to skateboard into Pomo down a steep ass fucking hill. And this part of Napomo was kind of on the Mesa and there's these giant Mesa trees that drop these like, I guess, seeds. I don't know. They're, they're pretty fucking big and they're notoriously known for if, for it being like, if they're in the road and you're skateboarding and your wheel catches one of these things, you're going to you know come to an immediate stop and go flying and so Joaquin was like skateboarding drunk as fuck, trying to bomb down this hill. And essentially that exactly exact thing just happened. One of those crazy things on those trees, those seeds or something caught on his wheel and he flew forward and broke his leg so bad. Like the bone was fucking sticking out of his leg. So he had to get this gnarly fucking cast and he was just hobbling around on crutches and yeah, at school. <laughs> and the funny thing is, uh, or the joke I would make, I thought this was hilarious. Um, people would be like, hey, where's Joaquin at right now? I'm looking for him. And I'd be like, well, I know what where he's not. <laughs> he's not Joaquin around somewhere. And from then, from that moment on, even after he got his cast, 
because Joaquin didn't have a car, so anytime we interacted with him, I'd be like, where's Joaquin? And they'd be like, oh, he's Joaquin around somewhere. (laughs) His name sounds like walking. I don't know. That's not very funny, but I thought it was fucking hilarious in high school. So whatever. Anyway, Joaquin has a huge fucking cast on his leg and he's hobbling around on these crutches. I'm about to hang out with these three unique individuals. Pat, my best friend, he's kind of a skater punk like me. Josh is crazy, hardcore crust punk. And Joaquin, the insane, drunk, bipolar friend from Napomo. And myself, we all know how fucking horrible I am. So we're kind of, you know, a wild bunch of people. And we're in high school. Hormones are just hitting us. And we're just realizing and being introduced to how fucked up and, you know, insane the world is. And we're just starting to experiment with alcohol. You know, this combination leads up to some exciting events that take place. So anyway... I'm about to hang out with these three guys. I'm in high school. I have no car yet. I'm this little fuck up skater punk kid who's just starting to smoke weed and become this weird burnout. My grades are slowly going downhill. And then on this particular day, I have in front of me a bottle of an awesome combination that I made, which is... Uh, you know, a 75, 80% wild turkey whiskey and, you know, 25 to 20%, um, very flat, uncarbonated Canada dry ginger ale. And this is in a big water bottle of sorts. Now I acquired this wild turkey from my parents because they had a little alcohol stash me being the rebellious teenager without a cause that I was, I poured a little bit into this bottle and made my little combination and, you know, refilled what I had taken with water like every teenager does in America. I mean, come on, you did it out there listening. You filled your parents' alcohol bottles with water to try and cover up that you're drinking the shit. I know you did it too. And I know kids are doing it right now as you listen to this podcast. Anyway, so I have this bottle, and I'm meeting up with my three friends on the consensus that, hey, let's hang out somewhere, and we're going to drink this alcohol. Cool. You know? Because, you know, when you are, I don't know, how old you're? 17? I think you're 16, 17 as a sophomore. When you acquire shitty swag weed or water bottles of stolen alcohol from parental units. You know, this is like a rare item in a video game or something. You don't get this very often. You don't see this very often. You don't, you're not, you know, it's not easy for you to come up on. So when we do, everyone else is like in awe, like, Ooh, yeah, let's go hang out somewhere. Now by my parents' house, there was just, especially back then, Rio Grande was like an undeveloped, nowhere town. It still kind of is. But back then, a lot less businesses in the area, a lot less um, neighborhoods. Over the years, it's like doubled or more in size 
because everyone's getting out of LA coming up here or getting out of San Francisco coming here. It's like a dead center point between the two cities. So back by my house, there was just undeveloped land, like a field, you know, people would, there's little walking trails, people walk their dogs in, but there's just fields of undeveloped land. And across the field, there was like a local movie theater, but just this empty ass field. And I could ride my BMX bike through and whatnot. But over the years, especially back then, big business started to move in and a Walmart had started or had made a contract to buy this land and put a Walmart up where this just giant empty field was. So um, a few other businesses bought in and there was just this giant construction development that happened. And then Walmart went there and a bunch of other businesses went there. Yeah, I think it was like Albertsons at the time and uh, an Office Max and like a Marshalls. So after, you know, and during all the construction, I was always going down there and walking through the building and being like, you know, when the construction crew wasn't there and like climbing up to the roof and, you know, being like, oh, this is cool. And then when the business is opened, I'd like case Walmart. And I realized their security was very, very minimal. Um, and I found out from one of my friends who had gotten a job there that 98% of the security cameras that you would see in the, the like by the ceiling were fake. Now, those big black balls that you would know to have cameras in them, those are fake cameras. The one there was only like seven real cameras, and there was one in each of the most expensive departments of the store, like one in jewelry, one in electronics. And one in makeup, parts, hot spots in the store that were, would be known for people to steal. So what I would do after it opened, I would go in and go to um, the electronics section, find CDs that I liked, and then walk them over to the toys department where they had no fucking security cameras. I would proceed to take like a safety pin in my pants. This is so punk rock, but you know, I'd, you know, undo the wrapping, take apart the case, and rip out the silver tag that would go off at the front uh, entrance. You know, those security bars or something let off silver go off when there's a silver tag passed through. So I'd peel those off, jam like eight CDs in, or four CDs in each pocket. And like these cut off cargo pockets and walk out and they wouldn't go off because I ripped the tags off. And then I would um, I would turn them in and sell them used at like local record stores for weed money. That's how I bought my weed back in the day. So I'd always get one over on Walmart, you know, uh, I'd always get one over and just try and fuck them over. And the, and at the time they Walmart there was a big like hoopla about oh you know all the local people were like we don't want Walmart moving in they're gonna take out all the family owned businesses and this and that and blah 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 so and my and my parents and I kind of I was, on, I was just on the same same train like fuck Walmart I get, I'll steal their shitty censored UCDs and buy swag weed with seeds in it so. Our plan was to ch choose the back of Walmart, which is like a back parking lot, to get drunk. And then, because it's close to my house, we could walk back and they can get a ride home. Because they had, my, you know, Pat, Josh, and Joaquin are 
probably just all told their parents I'm going to hang out at Brian's house or Unk's house or whatever. So Walmart is our, our location to hang out. Now, Josh is really into, I mean, like I said, he's a crust punk, but he's really into dump the art of dumpster diving. Now, if you don't know, and if you're not familiar, dumpster diving is when you go behind a Kmart or a Target or a Walmart and you go through their dumpsters to find what kind of inventory they're thro- they've thrown out and you can come up on some cool quote unquote free shit if you want. I don't know. I wasn't really into it and didn't do that. It's not my thing. But Josh like swore by it. He said he'd get all kinds of cool clothes out of dumpsters. And I mean, what's more punk rock than wearing clothes for, that you found out of a dumpster? So he said, yes, you'll find cool shit there. I ended up trying it once and um, didn't have much luck. But what I did find was a go-kart that was chained in a certain section of the back of Walmart, which I, I cut the chain and <laughs> took that bitch home. <laughs> It wasn't very, it wasn't easy. There wasn't, wasn't gas in it or, and uh, I couldn't just start it up, but we'll get into that story later. But yeah, Josh is like, yeah, dumpster diving. So he wants to, while we're getting drunk back here, he wants to go dumpster diving in Walmart's back dumpsters and see what kind of booty he can, or loot he can get and come up on. So we all meet up. I have this alcohol and we're, um, I think we have some cigarettes, alcohol and cigarettes. We had no weed. I don't know what, but the four of us we meet up and we're smoking cigarettes back there and we're drinking this God awful wild Turkey Canada dry mixture. And, um, <laughs> and Josh is trying to go through dumpsters <laughs> basically. And so most of the dumpsters have jack shit all, but trash and disgusting stuff. And what we quickly find out and discover is that um, the the dumpsters that have the 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 quote unquote good shit in it, they have fucking giant metal bars that cover the lid with locks that keep them in place. So you can't open the dumpster because they, you know, know about dumpster diving and. They don't like it. It's it's apparently illegal. You can't get if you get caught by the cops dumpster diving, you know, they'll jam you up essentially. So we're already kind of paranoid and on edge because we're but we're like kind of like giggling at it. We're like, oh, we're so edgy. We're doing like we're breaking the rules because I mean, fuck, we're sophomores. This is like n- new territory for us. So. Yeah, metal bars over the good shit. You could kind of lift the lid open like maybe a couple inches and try and see inside. But this is like the afternoon and it's dark in there. You can only see like, you know, you get like a little glimpse of like cool items that you would want to get. But to get them, you have to get this lock. You have to either cut it or no, have a key to get the lock off and open, the, remove the bar, let it down and open it up to get in. So we're like, well... That dumpster diving session was kind of a no-go. I guess Kmart doesn't have this technical locking system on their fucking trash. But, but you know, Josh is digging around this dumpster area because all these dumpsters are you know, barricaded by this perimeter wall. 
and a little gate. And he looks at the, by the side of the dumpsters and he, he finds this giant can of like, it was like paint thinner. And so he's like, look what I found. I found like, it had to have been like lacquer or paint thinner. It was like some very flammable chemical liquid solvent kind of application. So we're and by that by that time we each had taken about I don't know four or five good swigs of this uh, wild turkey. So we have a a pretty a pretty fair buzz going on. Um, when Josh finds this like paint thinner shit, and me and my friend Pat were just been skateboarding around while Josh has done most of the dumpster diving at this point, and we're drunk. And we are pissed we didn't find anything from dumpster diving because if you're going to fucking stand and dig around in a trash can full of trash, you want to at least have it be worth your while. And when you're drunk, you just feel like you've been, you know, you're such so let down and, I don't know, fucked over by by the man. (laughs) You didn't find anything good in in, in their trash. But... Uh, someone says, or someone gets the, the idea, like, let's set it on fire. Let's set this paint thinner or lacquer or whatever. Let's set it on fire. <laughs> That's a great idea when you're, you're drunk and, you know, very young, only a sophomore in high school and, for, you know, drunk for one of the first handfuls of times in your life. You're like, yeah, let's set this, this, this thing on fire in the back of this brand new Walmart parking lot. So, uh, we proceeded to do just that. I think Josh started pour. He took the can and he started pouring its contents all on the ground in this giant puddle. And he was kind of leaving a big trail and it was a lot of fucking paint thinner. And someone had gotten our cigarette lighter and tried to set it on fire. And so, we're trying to light this shit on fire. I, this is why I don't say. This is why I say I don't know if it was paint thinner or what what kind of solvent specifically it was because its flammability was very strange. It didn't like immediately catch on fire like I don't gas wood or something. It had a very very small very little flame, like nothing. And we're like, you know, holding the lighter there for a while on this liquid, and we're like, oh. It only has a little, little flame. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is weak sauce. This shit's supposed to be... It says flammable on the can. Like, what the fuck? And so we just, like, walk away. And we continue on our adventure down to find more dumpsters. <laughs> and um, let the flame just burn out. And leave it there. Like, naive, young, idiot teenagers we are. And about... I don't know. I would say... Hmm, 45 a minute maybe a minute and a half later we turn around because we see some kind of light in the distance doesn't look like headlights but it's some kind of light that's emanating behind us and we turn around and that little little teeny flame that we had lit (laughs) this in this puddle of flammable liquid had emerged from a tiny little flame maybe three inches tall to giant like a giant fucking 
sea and mountain of fire with its flames just like violently like churning back and forth. And we were fuck. We just realized that we were fucking pretty successful arsonists at that point. Um, And I now realize that I'm so glad that I've waited long enough to to tell these stories because you know, statute of limitations and all that's, uh, ooh, it's quite a hefty charge setting a giant fire. I mean, God, the fucking Walmart itself could have caught fire. It was the biggest fire I've seen. It was huge. It was fucking huge. I mean, yeah, I was a small kid at the time, but still I was like, Oh, I am. We kind of just stood there drunk in awe. Just like shit. This fire is fucking intense. And, um, then that's when um, we saw the headlights of a giant, just giant, like Ford F three fifty or something. And we were, we went from oh shit, this fire to oh shit, there's a giant, this just trucks pulling up right to us. And I don't know what everyone else was thinking at the time, but what I was thinking at the time was, oh. We're busted. This guy's coming to apprehend us and perform like a citizen citizen's arrest because we started a giant fire. We we're about to get in major trouble. And my my instinctual instinct was run. It was run. And that's what exactly what the fuck I did. I think even just like out of like this a movie like like the Sandlot movie someone's like run <laughs> like we didn't fucking know to run but anyway we that's what we did we fucking ran <clears throat> i don't even know where the fuck josh is at this point i don't even fucking see him everywhere i look over at pat my but my best friend we're both holding our skateboards cuz we're the only ones who brought skateboards cuz we're like the skater kids and we're like oh we just fucking ran like it just like that, boom, fucking ran. We start running. This fucking guy gets out of his truck, puts his truck in park, headlights to the lawn, things still running. He starts fucking chasing us, right? And so we're like, that's when my adrenaline really kind of peaked. I was just like, oh shit, this guy is a, is a full adult trying to apprehend us, and he's running at us. Like, he's really set he's dead set on fucking taking us down we really have to put as much energy into our fucking leg function like leg function as possible um and we just fucking ran we ran hard and i didn't even look behind me we ran really far and thank god at some point um we turned around and he he was gone i think he had eventually just turned around to tend to the fire. I think he was trying to find some way. I think he had some water jugs in his car and he would, um, he was trying to like put out the flames. Uh, Oh, and by the way, Joaquin, he still has a giant cast on his leg and crutches. <laughs> and what I found out later, cause I didn't like stay back to, to see or find out he was trying to run too. Cause I mean, we're getting chased by this fucking guy. So Joaquin's trying to get the fuck out of there. He's hobbling as fast as he can on his crutches. And when he gets to this part of the, he crosses the street where the parking lot's on. And there's a little, like little gate gate. 
a little fit. No, not a gate. If a little fence, like a little post of fence. Um, and he just falls over it and then just lays there and hides. Cause I mean, what's, what's he going to do? He's got a broken leg. He can't get far escaping. He can only escape so fast or so slow. So he just hides laying on the floor on the dirt. Me and Pat, we fucking run all the way to the corner end of the street and um, this back parking lot area. And where on this road, there's on this giant corner, there's this like dirt walking trail up the road. But on the corner is a giant sign again, etched into the sign. It says Rancho Park, Rancho Grande, which is the neighborhood that my parents lived in. Um, so it, it had a bunch of bushes and, and spotlights. And I think it even had a flagpole or some shit. And so me and Pat just run into this and it's got all, it's the, the sign itself is built onto this little mound of a hill. So, you know, people don't walk to the sign, but they walk around it and there's a little dirt trail, but me and Pat are running and we run it into where the sign is and we hide by these bushes and they and they have these spotlights that, that point up at this like flagpole. And we thought, Hey, the light of this will be directed away and, you know, we can hide in the darkness somehow. I, I don't know what our logic was. The, the only thing I thought was hide in these bushes. So me and Pat are hiding in these bushes, you know, trying to regroup, find out where our friends are and see where the guy is who, who tried to chase us and try and just see what's going on. And we're saying really silent. Cause we don't know who else saw us. Or we, it's like, this is in the first 10 minutes or so of what happened. We're hiding we look up the road because we see a bunch of lights and headlights. And coming down the road were, fuck, were like two cop cars, um, a fire ambulance, a fucking SWAT team van, like a black SWAT team van with uh, police lights on it, like red, and all have the red and blues flashing. It was like five different vehicles of five different departments, you know, many cops, firemen, SWAT team people, and they're, they come down the road and then they take a left and pull down the road to get them into the parking lot where this giant fire is going that we started. As the police are driving by and make their left and drive down the road towards the parking lot, they have their spotlights on their vehicles on and aimed directed towards us um, shining their spotlights on trying to shine light and see if they can find the um, suspects that they were um, you know, sus- suspicious of you know being at fault basically us you know they were looking for us with their spotlights so as they're driving by these spotlights are just inches away from our face. We're just watching flashlights just become inches away from us. And they're driving by really slow. Like when they go by, they're driving by slow, they're creeping and they're shining, they're shining their spotlights so close to us. But yet somehow we are remain undetected and they they don't see us. It's fucking insane. And you know, when me and Pat are hiding in these bushes, sweaty and just, just like, panting, freaking out. 
and we see all these police vehicles and stuff tending to the chaos we had, you know, essentially created uh, for society and everything. We just take it in and start to realize the um, exact impact and repercussions of our actions. You know what I'm saying? And we just realize, oh, wow, if we get caught right now, we're fucked. So we really need to strategize um, how to get back home safely without any of this sticking back to us. Um, you know, and when you're 16, you can't verbalize and articulate that exact kind of message to your friends. You're just like, oh, we got to get the fuck out of here, dude. So at that moment, we see all these vehicles and they pull into the parking lot and we see them all tending to the fire, which we had run away far, far away from. We're way down the road and we're watching them do all this shit. We don't know where the guy in the truck went. He's probably dealing with the firemen and the cops. We don't even see him, but we do see the cops and the fire truck and everything pulling in to um, pulling into the scene of our, you know, our crime. <laughs> so, uh, fuck, I was stupid. Anyway, we're looking at all this and finally Joaquin finds me and Pat hiding in the bushes and, uh, he hobbles over to hide with us. We have no idea where Josh is. We're, we're both, all of us are like, have you seen Josh? Where's Josh? And we're like, I don't know. At that moment, we look up because we see another source of light. Because this is at night by this point. We had like hung out, you know, we had hung out in the afternoon, evening, got drunk and dumpster dived and set this fire. And it's essentially I don't know, transpired into nighttime. So we're hiding in this bush at night. All these cops and all these firemen and this fucking SWAT team are over there. And we know that these people are going to want to find us. So we're like, all right, we need to get back home. But we see this other light source. We look up and on this really big hill across from the parking lot of this Walmart is a neighborhood and all these people's backyards and houses. And in their houses, there's all these balconies that they're standing on because all these, this whole neighborhood and all the people that live inside were privy to witnessing a set of giant fire. So they're on their balconies, shining flashlights, trying to shine a flashlight on us or see if they can find us because they saw us escaping into this bushy area where no one can see us. Um, so we're seeing beams of light, flashlight shining, you know, inches away from our face. And um, we're trying not to be seen. We're really crouching in the fetal position because we are just inches away from being spotted. And I'm sure these people might be on their phones to the police saying, oh, we saw people run away and, um, you know, we think we found them in these bushes. Or We don't know. We, we don't know what the fuck's going on, but we know that people are trying to find us with flashlights. So at this point, we're like Metal Gear Solid level hiding right now, trying to escape these flashlights. And basically, finally, I think their flashlight shined over to the fire or something. And the three of us, me, Pat and Joaquin, were like, well, what the fuck? We need to get this is our moment. We need to leave now. Like We need to run before anyone sees us. And even if they do, we need to get out now before we get caught. And our parents find out because I would have been in a lot of trouble. You know, at the time, my parents didn't know anything about my drug experimentation, the alcohol consumption, or they didn't know my 
fucking fascination with fire. <laughs> At least back then, I don't give a fuck about fire now. It's like, whatever, it's fire. But back then, I was like a little pyromaniac. Um, <laughs> so finally, we we're three of us uh, as a group just say, "All right, we're going to make a run for it." And we run across the street through these people's neighborhoods and this other direction away from where the flashlights are and away from where the cop cars are and everything. And we run through these people's backyard, hop their fence, run through the side of their house to the the um, neighborhood where my parents live. And we get to the other side of this neighborhood and we look up the road. And at that very fucking moment, we see Josh, of all people, walking. And we're like, where the fuck have you been? Like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like we've been hiding from cops in bushes and Joaquin's got a broken leg. Like, how did you escape the dude on the truck? Where'd you do? And basically what had happened is as soon as that we noticed the fire had gotten out of control and Josh saw the truck, he made a break for it. But he headed in, in the other direction towards Walmart, hopped a fence, went through this empty part between buildings. And he just walked into Walmart, this little crusty punk kid with a mohawk and, you know, leather jacket and pant, bleached pants with holes all in it and Doc Martens. He went into Walmart and pretended to be like uh, a smart consumer, and pretended to browse and look at items. And then he sent, eventually just was like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here, too. He walked out of Walmart and just walked back to where my parents house was in hopes that he would find us. I don't. I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in God that much, but I believe there was a guardian angel looking down on us on that night because we all got away. And at the exact time of me and my other friends, Pat and Joaquin, trying to get home, we find Josh at the exact moment and we get home still pretty fucking buzzed (laughs) at that point and uh, acted like nothing had happened. We were just, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, for anyone out there listening, the fire did get put out. It was only poured in, the paint thinner was only poured in a parking lot. So essentially the fire just got really big in a really giant empty parking lot. The flames and the the flammable liquid were nowhere near the Walmart building or the Office Max building or anything. So we didn't get like super close to like catching the building on fire. And we weren't trying to catch the building on fire. We were just like Beavis and Butthead, butthead level stupid, like fire, fire. Cool. <laughs> fire, 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 fire. And of course, I know now in hindsight, my 16 or 17 year old dumbass was really stupid and that's a big mistake. And kids don't set fires anywhere, not behind parking lots or Walmart or not at your house. Just don't play with fire. Especially don't play with fire drunk. But, you know, if you're going to do either or, I'd say getting drunk, probably safer than <laughs> experimenting with playing with fire. Uh, but don't, you know, shouldn't do either. I'm just saying, you know, if you're out there, you're not going to listen to what the fuck I have to say. And anyone who is weighing my opinion on the subject of, you know, experimentation or any kind of bad activity, they're going to do the opposite of what I tell them anyway. But for the sake of morality, yeah, don't do drugs and don't start fires. Um, But yeah, that was a fucked up night. We got home safe and that was great. I would later, um, you know, go on to 
go to fucking a shit ton of crazy shows, still be in my shitty band, Homicidal Deviation, which went nowhere. And I would play shows drunk and vomit on people. And uh, Josh vomited on everyone. He was the most punk rock of person of anyone I knew. He did a lot of like puking on people. I think he ate people's puke. It was pretty hardcore. I just puked on other people. I wouldn't let them puke on me. Or I tried not to let them puke on me. But, you know, when projectile vomit is, you know, being thrown around at concerts, you really can only dictate a certain amount of not getting on you other than not going to the show at all. But, I mean, come on. We always tried to sneak into concerts at even though we weren't uh, of age. I remember we got into like a Link 80 show and uh, my friend Maddie ended up doing whippets with the, the lead singer Link 80. He would, and I don't, I would have done it too if I stuck around with him. I got sidetracked trying to like hang out with some cute girl. He d- did a shitload of whippets with the lead singer Link 80 and that guy, I think the lead singer Link 80, he later o- overdosed and he died. And then the band got a new lead singer. But yeah, we, I would do that. And then my junior year, uh, I couldn't take it anymore. My, I was smoking so much weed and my grades were slowly, but surely declining more into A's and B's into B's and C's and the C's and D's. Cause I just, it was a lot of work. I was like, fuck this high school. There's cops everywhere. All the fucking kids who were like Gothic or wore trench coats are getting harassed like a motherfucker at the time because they look like the dudes that were in Columbine. So everyone's getting fucked with. And all my friends are transferring and doing the rest of their time of high school at a continuation school. And all my friends, like literally all my friends are saying, Unc, you have to go to this high school because um, we smoke weed in the parking lot as much as we want. And the teachers don't give a shit and we never get in trouble for it. And they have to know because we're doing it right in front of their windows in the parking lot. And so we smoke weed every day and it's fine. And at the time you couldn't do shit at, at that, like that at Royal Grande high school. There's a drug dog everywhere, campus police everywhere. So for me, logically the smart move is to transfer to this continuation school and smoke weed all the time which was what I eventually did. And in next week's episode, I'll get into my last years of high school at this continuation high school, smoking weed all the time and um, do, getting into other drugs, snorting shit up my nose that who knows what the fuck it was. But um, yeah, so Sorry, this went on a little longer than I expected, but yeah, I mean, I ran from cops and there's involves a bunch like a fucking SWAT team at 17, 16. Jesus fucking Christ. And my, one of my first experiences with alcohol, there's a few others and there's a few other really deviant things I've done in that Walmart or in that Walmart parking lot that I probably won't record anytime soon. But yeah, I did some fucked up shit at that Walmart. But this is probably one of the most fucked up things. Uh, But like I said, everything happened and ended safely. No one got hurt from uh, as far as I know. Everyone got home safely. No one got hurt. So it was 
I don't know, a social experiment where the lesson was learned is don't start fires and don't, you know, don't drink alcohol. Nothing ever really happens wonderfully on it when you're fucking drunk. So with that, I'm out. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. And, uh, I'm excited for the next few episodes I have coming up. Um, and that's all I'll say, but hope you're all doing good. I love the fucking shit out of you. And with that, I'm out. Peace, love, and all the above. Every day comes away different.